When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Goosebumps. Try and grasp this. Try and grasp the mental strength and clarity you would need to have put yourself 102 metres underwater on one human breath. William Truebridge is the world's deepest man, having free-dived unaided on a single breath to to that depth of 102 metres. He's a seven-time world champion and has set 18 world records through one of more astonishing careers a Kiwi athlete has pieced together. Out of the water, William's on a mission to help people with their own headspace and mental immune system as he describes it to cope with anxiety and stresses of life. William Truebridge is certainly more than an athlete and he's with us on the line now. G'day, William. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Good morning, Izzy. How you doing? Ah, oh, good. Look, look, just, just start somewhere. Talk us through it from the start. When did free diving come across you in life and when did you realise you had a bit of a knack of it? It's For as long as I can remember, it's always been there because my family, we were brought up on a boat, my brother and I, and so we were always just kind of playing in the water, spearfishing, getting seafood, hunting for shells, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of almost part of my DNA. But it wasn't until I think when I was 22 that I discovered it as an actual sport that you could train in. And um, after that, I was just hooked. It's funny you mentioned that, William. Uh, it's so good to have you on the show, mate. But we already had a text this morning, Brett from Huntley, say um, there's a spot on the Cuzzy's boat if William wants to come and help us get some kinners. So uh, you've already got some fans <laughs> out there. Do you do much freediving for Kaimawana? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, here where I am in the Bahamas now, but especially when I come back to New Zealand, uh, whenever I can, we're, we're out um, to get craze or kingfish or kinners, um, power, everything. Oh, mate, you, I love my car miner, but I just can't get it. So I'll be relying on you, William, to get in there and, and get us a nice wee feed. Look, can you just explain how alone you are when you're 100 metres deep in that ocean? Like, what is going through your mind and your body? 
yeah you are kind of very alone and you're intensely like with yourself like everything kind of is focused inwards if that makes sense you don't really get that much stimuli from outside there's no no noise you don't see much in fact most of the time i have my eyes closed um Wow. And wow. you don't really feel your body so much in the water, right? Because there's no sensation of kind of, um, you're not standing on it. You don't feel your weight. And so without all that sensory stimuli, you go inside yourself and you get a really intense experience of what your kind of your actual consciousness is, like what it feels like just to be a speck of awareness drifting down into the into the depths. How long did it take you to be comfortable with that feeling? Um, it took, took, a, I guess it was kind of almost natural to begin with because, um, I had that childhood. So I never really felt, um, felt afraid or felt out of place in the water. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like any sport. It takes a lot of training to get adapted to the point where you can stay minutes under the water and, and feel kind of completely at peace down there. Mate, Louis spoke about it earlier on the show. Like, it hasn't been smooth diving for you. You've been put in some compromised situations. Can you talk us through those moments when I think the deflator, uh, deflatable boy, inflatable boy had to to, uh, to release and, and get you to the surface? Like, you know, like, to be able oh, I just can't get my, wrap my mind around it. That situation where you're that deep and you've got into trouble. Yeah, there have been some um, close calls and I'm lucky to have like a really good safety team who is there to back me up. So they can actually now see me at every point on the dive. Um, they can see me on a, on a sonar, like a fish finder is what we use basically just to track you down and up. Um, and if they see me stop moving upwards, um, then they release that counter ballast and that pulls the whole dive line up. And I'm, I'm not allowed to touch the dive line, but I'm kind of attached to it with a running carabiner. So if that comes up, the plate at the end of it will grab my carabiner and lift me to the surface. But luckily, there's only been one time that I've actually had to um, be retrieved that way. And <clears throat> did that, getting past that, was that a hurdle at all? Like you, you, you speak about other athletes and you train and you, you train your body to be put in these situations and I know we're going to talk about the mental aspect of what you do and I think it's really cool what you were doing out of the water as well but did getting back in the water after that was that a was that an issue at all after that incident yeah it was a little bit uh, I had to kind of like question what I was doing and make sure that what I was doing was safe especially now I have a family and um, take my time to kind of ease back into it um, but at the end of the day I knew that there was nothing that was going to keep me out of the water so um, I was going back there one way or the other, and it was just a matter of kind of doing it in the safest way possible, I guess. Because you think when you when you deep, when you dive deep, it's like the same. When I'm at the bottom of the pool, I push off the bottom and I'm, I'm back to the top. But it's not the same for you because when you're descending, you've obviously going down there. The pressure's high, and then you're ascending and you're coming up. You've actually got to recalibrate. So it's a long journey mate like when you get to the bottom do you ever look up and go oh my god i've got to get back up there now or is it just you switch <laughs> off and you're like just just your mind's uh, you, you, your mind is, is just gone and you're at peace yeah so if you look up that's one of the most dangerous things you can do it, it stretches out your throat and your trachea which is already like super compressed so you can actually give yourself quite a bad um 
dangerous injury doing that but also you're not going to see anything like the surface you're not even going to see the surface from like 30 40 meters let alone from 100 so all you're going to see is this kind of like paint pale blue light um if that and so yeah if, um that's not going to be very reassuring and also the the halfway point of the dive like when you turn at maximum depth it's not actually halfway in terms of the energy expenditure that you're going to put into the dive so the way up is a lot more intensive than the way down we actually kind of get a free ride on the way down because once you swim past about 30 meters or 25 30 meters we become negatively buoyant which means that you're your lungs are compressed to the point where your body is heavier than water. So you sink without having to swim. So we do what is called the free fall and just like relax and glide down from 30 meters all the way to 102. But when you turn at 102, you pay for that free ride uh, because you're negatively buoyant. You have to work against that weight in oh, order to find wow. that service. So how do you reconcile that? when when you're down there i mean do you do you even think about it like how conscious are you? i know you started off and you told us the state of mind you're in but are you conscious about how far you've gone or can you be yeah i'm obviously aware that i'm I've, I've i've turned and i know exactly the depth that i've gone to because i've set the target the plate at that depth and i also have alarms on my depth gauge that alert me to the depth that i'm at so i know where i am but i'm not focused or, or kind of cognizant of it i'm just yeah. focused on what i'm doing in the present moment the way that i'm swimming and even less than that just trying to like focus on the empty spaces between thoughts and i'm just kind of being in that flow state where you're not having rational conscious thoughts you're just operating on autopilot so, so you've obviously gone over 100 meters where is humanly possible to the depths that you could potentially get to? So for now, we only know that um, we can go to 102 and for sure we can put more meters on that, but it just becomes this kind of like increasingly like a gray zone uh, of, of a decreasing probability, like 103, sure, yeah, someone will do that one day, but 150, I pretty much definitely not. Um, so somewhere in there, there's a limit and we'll just always be striving to to get closer to that i guess but there's no way of knowing where it is so the competitor in you william where, where are you at at the moment like what, what is on the horizon what's on the agenda for for you are, are you still as hungry as you were when you were you know trying to break 100 and, and there you know so on and so on yeah i'm still definitely hungry for more depth um but at the same time i'm seeing like i'm also really motivated by taking these techniques and lessons that I've learned in my career as a freediver and applying them to um, to everyday life and to the problems that we face in personal or business life because I've seen it's just such a huge application there and we're facing kind of a, a second pandemic of stress and anxiety um, both at home and in the workplace so if i can make a small difference to to that problem um, by applying these incredible techniques mental and physical techniques that help to assuage the the stress and anxiety then that's that's really uh, motivating for me yeah i just want to elaborate just a, a little bit more if you can on, on that like we've had our own struggles back here in new zealand and, and we've got farmers we've got people in the hawks bay and the gisborne area that mm -hmm. have lost everything it's devastating so 
you know, they'll be anxious, they'll have anxiety, you know, they'll be dealing with their own mental mental struggles. You know, I've, I've gone through my own little journey. Like for you, have you got any like little tools or tips that you could probably offer to a few of our listeners? Absolutely, yeah. No, I've been following because I'm from the Bay as well, so I've been following what's been going on back there, and it's 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 crazy. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like to lose pretty much yeah everything, um, your livelihood, your home, everything. So um, I can't kind of speak to that situation, but I do know that these techniques for me have applied to even the most extreme forms of stress, like um, when I have kind of felt like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown because of different things that are coming at me. So the, the, the tools that I can give, then it has to be a combination of a mental and a physical approach. And the reason is that stress and anxiety attack us mentally through the kind of the negative self-talk that happens in our minds but also physically through the hormones the stress hormones that get released and the effects that has on our body so we have to defend ourselves mentally and physically and the physical defenses revolve principally around using the breath as a tool to activate the calming it's called the parasympathetic nervous system that calms you down and it's an incredibly powerful um, engine that we have with our breathing if we use it in the right way. And to kind of summarize it, um, without going into detail, the, the breath has to be nasal and diaphragmatic uh, in order for you to activate that parasympathetic system. And then mentally, it's about, it's a kind of a version of mindfulness where you are detaching yourself from what is happening or from what is coming into you and seeing it as just information or contents to your awareness. So we are not like our emotions, we're not our thoughts, we're not our bodies. We are just the observer inside all of that that is experiencing um, all of this, this content that's coming to us. And when you can see that and distinguish even between the negative thoughts that are happening in you, inside your own head and see those just as contents of your consciousness, then you can make kind of that jump to the other side of the soundproof glass and you're not you're no longer kind of affected by all this all this um, stuff that goes in your head or, or comes at you from the outside. So those wow, are the two good. the two main tools, but the game changer with it, and this is probably the most important part, is that you have to program it into your subconscious. Because if it's something that you, like a, a party trip that you have to kind of get out in the heat of the moment when, I don't know, your your wife is like um, screaming at you or you're having a, <laughs> yeah. or, or I don't know, in some like intense business meeting or something, you can't be just like, hey guys, wait a minute, I've just got to go and do my breathing technique in the corner here. Sure. It doesn't yeah, like yeah. that. So it has to be something in the background and that's subconscious. And so you carry on with your um whatever you're doing while you have this immune system that's kicked into gear a certain um type of breathing and a certain mental state and if that happens then you're you're away sailing oh that's I, that's so good so so i just i've just got a um, little example that i use with it it's probably the same thing like if i make a mistake or if something happens to me i try and brush my shoulder and just just try and give myself mm. a physical um, action to get my mind away from from what's happened 
And the breathing is something new to me that I'll, I'll look to do. You wouldn't have seen it, but I've been breathing this whole time through my nasal and trying to expand that diaphragm. And, oh, that does wonders. Thank you for sharing that. Nice. Yeah, the, the um, we call it like a physical anchor um, where you have like a certain movement or a certain um, kind of body part that you touch or something. Those are really powerful as well. You can kind of use them like as a – you can charge them up like a battery and then access that same state or energy when you um, do the maneuver. I, I absolutely adore the, the phrase uh, mental immune system. I think it represents so much. Just to, to kind of wrap us up, we'll, we'll let you crack on and um, tough life in the Bahamas. Um, but you're, <laughs> <laughs> the, do, do you, and I guess you were probably the perfect person to ask because of what you've put your body through physically, but now, you know, what you're doing is, say, out of the water. Do, do you think we, as humans, do you think we've grasped what our bodies and our mind is capable of? And and do you think we really, it's something we're not conscious of enough, what we can actually do for ourselves if we treat ourselves right and put ourselves in, in the best possible situations to succeed and, and perform? Are, are we anywhere near capacity on, on that front, do you think? Yeah, I don't think we are, um, both in the individual cases, like in, in a sport like freediving, but also kind of holistically, like a lot of the time we don't give ourselves credit for how much potential we have in any given situation. And so if you kind of confront things with the idea that like, yeah, you can do this and you, especially getting out of your comfort zone, like tackling something that you think is completely impossible, uh, the the reward that comes from eventually achieving that, the, the boost it gives you to your confidence, you you can't buy that. That's just, it's huge. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I always encourage people to kind of give them, set themselves goals, targets um, that they think are kind of outside their limits. Um, and yeah, um, you stand a lot to gain if you can surprise yourself there. William Trubich, you are an absolute champion. Uh, no doubt you've helped so many there listening to the show. We've had a message come through. Great show, guys. As usual, your interviews are always great. Makes me so proud to be a Kiwi. Keep it up. Thank you so much, William, for sharing your experiences and you'll be helping plenty out there, particularly in our hometown, Hawke's Bay. Um, our love and mm -hmm. prayers go out to everyone there. So thank you so much for your time. Cheers, Eddie. Thanks, guys. There he is. William Trubridge, mind-blowing stuff. But simple, like the, the tools that he used, Louis, just breathing, staying present. Like, we're going to, everyone will be feeling anxious in these times. I feel anxious. Oh, I had it for the last three days, and I was like, what's wrong with me? But getting up, and he talked about a physical action, so actually getting off the couch, going for a walk, going for a, a little wander, getting some fresh air, just simple things, breathing through your nasals, expanding the diaphragm. Oh, so good. You wouldn't have seen me because you, you couldn't see me in the camera. But I was like, no, I, ca I, ca I can. <laughs> I had you. I, I could see you. You couldn't see me. But um, you're right, man. Like that, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that. It, just mm. getting my head around what he's saying about being able to put yourself in that subconscious state where you can release those those positive toxins and um, – nasal and opening that dive we all know what it's like when you take a couple of deep breaths and how good it feels but being able to put yourself in that subconscious state to do that in pressure environments and the best part is 
I'm trusting William Truebridge because the bloke's been to 102 meters in the whole of the planet. So, like, if, if you talk about someone that understands pressure, literal, physical, and mental, is he? Oh, I loved that. That was awesome. Uh, uh, starstruck. Yeah. He's a hero. Yeah, yeah, that was good, mate. Great get. Absolutely loved it. And like I said earlier, that would have helped plenty. And I know who would have loved that was Tremaine's Real Estate because they're a Hawke's Bay company, and he's a Hawke's Bay lad. So that was brought to you by Tremaine's Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Great to catch up with William Truebridge. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.